This is the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Barstool Talk Daily. Except it's really early in the morning and no booze. For the most part. Thank you so much. Good morning and welcome to our Wednesday show, everybody. It is October the 7th and we thank you for joining us. We got a lot coming up on the show today. Um, I might be the first one uh, breaking this news to some people, but Eddie Van Halen uh, passed away and he was 65 years old. Uh, according to his son uh, Wolfgang, after a, a long and arduous battle against cancer, uh, Eddie Van Halen passed away. So uh, we'll be talking about that, looking back on the life and legacy of one of, I mean, nobody can argue, one of the greatest rock guitarists and really one of the greatest guitarists of all time, uh, Eddie Van Halen. The new single from ACDC is out, so we have permission to spin that a few times this morning. So uh, we'll play that for you. I'd say within the within the hour, we're going to play that new ACDC for you coming up. And uh, more Monster Madness. We got some other brackets that are going to land in just a couple hours over at BuzzAdamShow.com. So that'll be the uh, third bracket. And you can still vote on the first and second bracket. Eventually, though, it's going to narrow its way down until we're left with with only two standing, and then eventually one. So you can check out the brackets that are already up for Monster Madness at BuzzAdamShow.com. Rock news on the way later. We're going to talk about spite and the lengths people will go to to do something out of spite. So that's uh, all coming up this morning. Let's go ahead and go around the room. Everybody share what you're working on today. Brandon, let's start sports. What's uh, happening today in sports? The Tennessee Titans are hoping to get back to their facility today. They've had a bunch of negative COVID-19 tests. So fingers crossed they're able to get back and start preparing for this weekend's game. And uh, Lakers managed to uh, take a 3-1 lead over Mm -hmm. Miami. So, And uh, there's a quarterback... Not named Trevor Lawrence that some people are saying could be the number one overall pick in the next year's draft. And that quarterback has uh, opted out of the rest of the 2020 season. Really? Not Trevor Lawrence, huh? Somebody other than Trevor Lawrence. He has the same initials, though. Tom Landry. No. He was a Cowboys coach. I I can't even come up with a TL other than that. All right. You're not going to know this guy's name. Well... I probably will soon. I mean, if people are talking yeah, about it. Yeah, it's, he's, it's one of those guys that a lot of uh, experts are saying. Tommy Laren. There you go. There's a TL for you. Tommy Laren. No? Is she still a thing? <laughs> what happened? With what? Oh, I, I was, thought we were playing this thing where I was going to guess as many TLs as I could. No, that sounds awful. Okay. All right. Uh, well, we'll get to sports uh, a little bit later. Lisa, how about news headlines? What do you have leading us off in news headlines? Well, we have the debate that is happening, the vice presidential debate between Vice President Mike Pence and the Democratic nominee Kamala Harris. That's going to be happening at 9 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, at first, Mike Pence had said that he didn't want plexiglass between the two candidates, uh, which is something that the um, Harris 
administration or people wanted. Uh, but finally, he did give in to that. Uh, but this finally, we may hear about actually some of the issues. Why would we- you not want the plexiglass? I mean, and I could anybody see- too. You think Mike Pence? He can't even be in a room with a woman without a chauffeur, right. without a chaperone. I can't be on stage uh, with another woman uh, if mother's not there, unless I have a plexiglass wall between. But I mean, how do you object? I think it's to just the- a little bit of them trying to be. Because the thing is, is that he was at that rose garden ceremony that a lot of people have tested positive that w- attended. And so, but for he for some reason, he, he hasn't tested positive. Uh, but so they're saying they want that. The, the Harris people want that as a precaution. And at first he said no, but then I guess he is going to go ahead and do it. So um, why would he say no? Like what, yeah, what, 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 it could, what could yeah. it be preventing? Like Here, does here's he have the some cor- sort of weird mystical evil powers? Here's the correct response. Hey, they, they want to put up plexiglass. Just to feel safe. Yeah, whatever. Okay. <laughs> sure. If it yeah, makes them feel better, fine. I, um, I, I don't get that either. But um, and then Hurricane Delta, we're hearing once again is going to be hitting the area, um, hitting the Gulf Panhandle area, probably starting on Friday. So Arizona or Louisiana too. So um, that area just can't catch a break this hurricane season. Over at the Pentagon, a, a lot of the top brass. In fact, I think all but one of the Joint Chiefs uh, at the Pentagon are in quarantine. I I don't know how many of them actually have been diagnosed with COVID-19, but uh, a lot of the top brass over there, uh, I mean, to the point where it's like one guy at the very top who doesn't have it and the rest all... He's the only one working. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So that's going on at the Pentagon. Here's something to watch for in the debate tonight. You know, as... The coronavirus was a big part of the debate. Uh, People feel like Joe Biden really scored a lot of hits on Trump, which uh, was why Trump wanted to change the subject so much on coronavirus. So here's something to keep in mind. You remember who Trump put in charge of the coronavirus pandemic? Uh, Pence, wasn't it? Yeah, Pence was in charge of the response team. So uh, as the vice presidential candidates debate tonight, I would expect to see Kamala Harris, as much as she can, direct the conversation toward COVID because uh, Mike Pence was the was the one for the government leading, leading the charge on that, supposedly. This will be interesting because, you know, obviously Mike Pence has some sort of a, uh, has a experience debating on the vice president uh, stage. But Kamala also, you know, is a former prosecutor. Yeah. So she, don't you know, really counter out either because this could be a very interesting um, debate. Tonight. Well, I think it'll be substantive. You know, yeah. I don't. I don't. See... We're actually going to hear platforms. We're actually yeah. going to hear probably things that we didn't hear in the first one. You'll. It'll really be stark the difference between you know what Donald Trump brings to a debate stage and what his vice president brings to a debate stage. So if you want to hear about issues and things of a of a, a substantive. Uh, Nature probably tonight might be the, as close as we get without the you know without the freak show going on. Um, also, Joe Biden's talking about some of his uh, guidelines that he's going to be following uh, for the next debate, and he even suggests that maybe the next debate's not going to happen. Uh, Joanna, entertainment news. What do you have coming up on entertainment today? A county in Texas has indicted Netflix over the movie Cuties which they say sexualizes underage girls and has no serious literary, artistic, political, or scientific value. Huh. That's the definition of pornography. Mm, okay. Lisa, you've seen Cuties. 
mm-hmm. on Netflix, would you say it has no redeeming value of any kind, artistic or I think political? it does <clears throat> political. I think it does. All right. Well, uh, somebody's taking them to court in uh, Texas. In Tyler County. I mean, and technically, other than one small moment, um, there's no nudity in it. Is that what they have the issue with? The nudity or? Yes. There's no nudity in it, though. It says that Netflix is promoting quote, visual material which depicts the lewd exhibition of the genitals or pubic area of a clothed or partially clothed child who was younger than 18 years of age. I mean, clothed. Does that sound accurate? I, uh, look, I, I haven't seen it. I don't plan on seeing it. Just let me know what the court decides, okay? <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. I guess. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. They put out a list, and by they, I mean them, put out a list of the most iconic Halloween movies of all time. So maybe when we talk about Monster Madness later, we can talk about that too. But there are a couple of movies on here that are only like a, that came out last year. And then there are some in the top 10 that, I mean, they might be good movies, but I don't consider them, maybe I don't even consider them horror movies, but not iconic horror movies. So uh, we'll bring in that. Well, are they horror list. movies or Halloween movies? Because there's a difference there. Can I give you an example? Yeah. This is uh, iconic Halloween movies of all time. Rocky Horror Picture Show. Okay. I don't know if that's a Halloween movie. Uh, maybe it is, you know. Maybe at some point they they mentioned that it was Halloween night when Brad and Janet were out on that dark country road. Uh, Beetlejuice is in the top five. I don't I don't know that I think of Beetlejuice as being an iconic Halloween movie. I think what it's going for is the the. Like what? What movies do you enjoy watching during Halloween? Because they have that that kind of Halloween vibe to it. It doesn't necessarily have to be on Halloween. I've got one in my head that I'm I would be willing to bet probably didn't make the list. Okay. Do you want to share it now? No. Okay. All right. Well, we'll bring it up later. Tease. If you're ready for random facts, I got some for you. And uh, remember, I always try and make sure we got real solid source. If I, you know, get get a second source for him so i i do my best to make sure that these are legitimate bona fide random facts and we'll begin with random fact number one buzz aldrin wasn't the first man to walk on the moon but he was the first person to pee on the moon he peed into a special bag in his suit while he was out on the moon so he didn't get to go first. He got to be the second man, and he got to go number number one. Number one, not in order, but they should have changed his name to to Wiz Aldrin, maybe. Random fact number two: the word "duds" in "milk duds" came about because, and this is really interesting, the company that created them tried to make them perfectly round but found that it was impossible so they all ended up being duds Ah. and they called them milk duds Hmm. random fact number three on today's three random facts actor Sean Connery 
had a chance to play Gandalf in the Lord of the Rings movies. But he turned it down because he did not understand the scripts. <laughs> he even read part of the book, and he didn't understand that. What? After the movies came out, he said that he went to go see the movies and still couldn't figure out what was going on. <laughs> Jeez. And they wanted Sean Connery to play Gandalf so bad, they offered him a piece of the... Uh, his deal was a back end of the movie, which would have made him at least a half a billion dollars Oof. if he'd taken that role. And he's still like, I still don't get it, though. <laughs> but Right. Um, now, he he realized he'd goofed up, so he was trying to find another franchise. Oh, that's why he did um, League, of League of Extraordinary, Extraordinary Gentlemen. Gentlemen. Right. He was already kind of in semi-retirement back then, mm-hmm. and he felt like he really missed out by not getting in on this series where he could play the same character and he took the role in as Alan Quartermain in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and that wasn't very well received. Didn't make him a bunch of money, and they they ended up only doing one movie. I thought but they, I, they I want you. Two. Yeah, wasn't there two? Yeah, there's two. A, a League Kingsman? of Ex- No League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, not oh, the Kingsman. League yeah, of Extraordinary yeah. Gentlemen. Uh, did you think it was? I've never seen any of them. Brandon, so. what were you thinking of? I thought they did two of the League of Extraordinary. No, it had Captain Nemo and the Invisible Man and uh, who else was in it? Tom Sawyer. Oh, I was thinking <laughs> Hellboy. <laughs> what? He wasn't in Hellboy? No, I'm not saying he was in Hellboy. I was getting mm-hmm. confused, and I thought for some reason, since they did Hellboy 2, I Mm-mm. associated that to League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. So I want you to close your eyes, and I'm going to recreate if Sean Connery had accepted the role and played the part of Gandalf. Okay. You ready? Here's what it would have sounded like. You got to add your own sound effects, though. You shall not posh. Thank you. Thank you very much. It sounded more like Bane. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Bane also does kind of sound like Sean Connery, so. Do you want to hear a Sean Connery joke, Joanna? Oh, God. Sure. Knock, knock. Who's there? Dishes. Dishes who? Dishes Sean Connery. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and uh, there's your three random facts. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. All right, so this this is all on video, but I had to edit it because there's a lot of cursing when this uh, when this woman finds out what happened. But essentially, the guy found out that she had been she'd been cheating on him. They were boyfriend and girlfriend, so he had installed some wood floor for her at some point before things went bad. So he went over with like a crowbar, whatever tools he was using, and just removed all of her wood floors. Uh, And she, understandably, is pretty ticked off. But the guy, I mean, that's just more work for you out of spite. But it sounds like the guy... uh, It was worth it to him. It sounds like he didn't regret doing it. So here's a little bit of the edited audio of... The woman came in and found just this floor was just in splinters because the guy had torn it all up. Listen to the guy's reaction because you're going to hear it more. <laughs> Dang. 
Oh, geez. Okay. Oh. Yeah, it's a low blow. <laughs> wow. Well, she wanted those floors. What's that? She wanted those floors, so she's mad. She's low blowing now. <laughs> so I guess my question is have have you ever done anything completely out of spite? Like it made life more difficult for you or you know, it took more effort than not doing anything, but you did it anyway, just out of spite. So uh let's talk to I guess we have our first caller here. I want to give out the phone number though. You can call in toll-free, 844-305-6210. That's 844-305-6210. And we've got Sean, who uh, has a story about doing something purely out of spite. So I was a sophomore in college or something like that. You know, I had gone through a, a rough breakup and everything like that. So I started seeing this one gal. You know, she's, she's a cougar. She had about three kids already, three or four kids. All right. And you got to keep in mind, I'm like, what, 22 at the time. This gal was like 36. Well, she ended up cheating on me with some other dude, at a, oddly enough, at a concert. Then what I did out of spite is uh, you know, I went to school with her daughter, so I just hooked up with her daughter instead. Oh. He likes older women is what we're hearing. Yeah. No, her daughter would have been. Well, no, he was dating the mom, and then yeah. despite her, he hooked up with the daughter, so he's initially into older women. Okay. I was trying to do a little math there. She's 36, and she had her daughter when she was 20. The daughter's 16, and what did this guy, what did Sean say he was? 22, I think. So he was a senior when she was a freshman. Yeah, but he said he didn't hook up with the mom until he was 22. That's what I thought I got. Uh, Priscilla is, Priscilla, uh, we're talking about stories of things you did just completely out of spite. Um, I went on my boyfriend's phone account and I changed his passcode and then I changed his phone number and then I suspended his account. So he's going to have fun figuring that one out. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like this happened fairly recently. What, uh, Priscilla, what did the boyfriend do to deserve all that? Um, he told a bunch of lies and, um, he destroyed some property at my apartment. Wow. I mean, does that does that seem a little out of proportion? Well, I mean, it we depends on what he destroyed. Yeah, and we, and we are talking about doing you know truly spiteful things, and I think that's kind of the definition. Uh, we have Ben, who has a story about doing something out of spite. Uh, ben, tell us your story. Well, uh, a buddy of mine had a girlfriend in high school, and uh, she decided she wanted to break up with him for petty stuff. So, uh, without his knowledge, I uh, started dating her. And she ended up falling in love with me. And as soon as that happened, I broke it off with her. Wait, so so, you, so he was being spiteful to her because she broke up with his friend? Was this was all a plot just to get back at her? You were going to make her fall in love with you? Did your Ben? Did your friend ever ever find out what was going on and what you were doing? Oh, once he found out what I, why I was doing it, he was all for it. All right, oh, okay. I mean, that's spiteful. I guess I've had spiteful thoughts, but... Never acted on them? When it comes down to it, I just... It's like, is it worth the effort? I had a a spiteful boss. 
If you, when I worked at the lumber yard, if you <laughs> made a mistake or if he didn't think you were working up to the standards that he needed, he would give you just the garbage duties. There was times where um, uh, the, the, um, the contractors, they would order a bunch of lumber and then whatever they had left over, they would return and you'd have to go pick it up. And if it was a difficult return or if it was just a pain in the ass, you better hope you were on his good side because if you were on his bad side, you would be the one going out there to do that just absolute grunt work. Did you stay mostly on the good side or the bad or the bad side? Of Not that bad guy? side. I really didn't care about yeah. that job. Yeah, I, I can think of a lot of times where I I hatch some kind of crazy revenge thing, but then, it, <laughs> but then you know, you did, I never did it. About it like, I never, eh. yeah, I never did it right away. Right. So once you know, like I'd slept on it, I'm like. Yeah, that would be cool to do, but... <laughs> is it worth my it's time, and time yeah. and effort? Right? You're going to have to deal with the repercussions. And... All right, if anybody's got a story about uh, spite, either being spiteful or somebody being spiteful to you, have, have you ever heard the term, and they have a whole Wikipedia page on this, uh, the term is spite house. It's not an Urban Dictionary thing. Have you ever heard of that before? Spite house? Yeah. Or Urban Dictionary? Because no. I have heard of Urban Dictionary. Spite house. <laughs> I have not. No. All right. So what a spite house is, and there are examples of this all over the place, is somebody who, you know, didn't get what they wanted. So they look it up on Wikipedia. Give me an example because I, I, I've read articles about people. They put up the house to block somebody's view, for instance. Like they didn't, oh. they didn't get. Oh, yeah. Here's the Wikipedia. Yeah. Spite house is a building constructed or substantially modified to irritate neighbors <laughs> or any party with land stakes. Because long-term occupation is not the primary purpose of these houses, they frequently sport strange and impractical structures. Somebody mm. built a house that was like only about seven feet wide, but several stories tall, just so it would block yeah. somebody's they've view. Got a, they've got a picture of one right here where there was an alley. It looks like there was an alley between these two buildings, so somebody just put a building there, and it looks like it's maybe eight feet wide. And the the... Their purpose was, I mean, who who did, who were they spiting? I don't know. It just there's the picture here. Oh, okay. it's, it's one of the examples of a spite house. Yeah. So there, there's several examples. Oh, there. there's a whole thing here. Uh, <laughs> it's a pretty big page. Nine uniquely annoying spite houses. <laughs> Can you imagine just be like, I'm so mad. I'm gonna build this house. Mm -hmm. It's not even. I'm not even gonna like it, but it's gonna piss you off. So I'm yeah. gonna do it anyway. That's a lot of effort, man. I mean. You, you know how I was talking, like, if I if I go to sleep the next day, I just wake up and it's not that much effort. Yeah, you sleep they, on it. They That's must, a smart thing to do. They must have kept this spite going. Long enough to build? <laughs> for months or years mm -hmm. to do this. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. This guy. Uh, you cheated? Yeah, mm. it, right. He could have just said, I'm on his side, kind Because you you're a whore. He tore up the wood floor that he installed, but... I don't know, unless he paid for the wood. <laughs> I mean, it's spiteful no matter what, but... Jeez. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right, here's the uh, telephone number, toll-free in the studio. It's 844-305-6210. That's 844-305-6210. And let's talk, first of all, to Danielle. 
Hi, Danielle. Hey, what's up, Buzz? Well, we're talking about spite. We don't take much time to talk about spite because it's just such an ugly emotion. But oh, do you yeah, have yeah. You know, do you have a story for us? Oh, I have so many. I work in the healthcare field, man. So okay, oh. <laughs> all right. So my big, I mean, the first one that came to mind. I work in sterile processing, so. I don't know if you know how all that stuff works. Like we're the we're the people who are responsible for decontaminizing, reprocessing, sterilizing the instrumentation used for surgery. Well, that sounds like a very very important job. Well, I th- you know what? Thank you, Buzz. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, you bet. We get we get talked down to a lot. So, but like by by who? Like the doctors and RNs and, oh, and PAs yeah, actually, and stuff. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, all the time. You know when. We're really the first line of infection control for the whole hospital. Yeah, so big time. It means a lot, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. So so what, what happens? Where does the spite come in? Okay, so check it out. Um, ever since this whole COVID stuff happened, I mean, it really depends on who it is, really. It's just a matter of integrity at that point. Okay. Uh, so we have, it's, my department's divided basically into two shifts, first shift and second shift. And I'm not even just picking on my hospital because I've worked at so many different hospitals uh, and, and throughout El Paso, like six or seven, actually. Right, you know we're on the radio right now, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. All right. So I, I keep. I, I'm hoping you're not going to say, you know what? I just don't clean their equipment. <laughs> no, 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 Buzz. I love my job, and I, I'm great at what I do. You could ask anybody. I'm the best, man. I love my job. All right. Well, mm-hmm. what's the spiteful part, Danielle? spiteful part is that ever since this whole COVID stuff happened, and like I said, it's more of a matter of integrity, but first shift and second shift don't like each other, right? Okay. Yeah. First shift doesn't do this, second shift doesn't do that. You know, it, it, that's how it's always been. So when this COVID stuff happened, a lot of, a lot of what started happening is whoever is responsible for decontaminizing the instrumentation on second shift, all it's an, it, ironically, it's not, I say ironically because it's not ironically, but it's all the COVID trays are getting left behind for the morning for the morning shift to take care of and be responsible for. Oh, okay. That's it? Oh, I mean. Uh, that's, that's, that's no, that's not example. it because that's, yeah, that's We're, messed yeah, up. They're, they're specifically leaving all of the COVID positive stuff for us to take care of in the morning. Well, I thought the whole job was cleaning that stuff up. I thought that's oh, what the yeah, entire yeah. job oh, was. Oh, yeah, but they'll clean all the other floors, all the other patients, so, like, the oncology, pediatrics, whatever, but then, though, like, COVID, they can do at least Well, what those. does your shift do to get back at second shift? Anything? Oh, well, I like I said, it's just a matter of integrity. I We don't, I mean... However you want to work, that's all on just how you were raised okay. and the type of person that you are. I don't do anything. I just do my job because that's what I'm there for. All right. Thanks, Danielle. Yeah, no problem. All right. Bud. Bye-bye. There's Danielle. And uh, Jack. Jack, you have a story about uh, something spiteful. Yes, sir. First off, good morning, Bud. Good morning, Jack. Um, so um, I had a neighbor who owned his own business, and he would have workers come by on occasion and his driveway was right next to our yard and every time his workers would park in his driveway they would empty their ashtray over the wall into my yard now you when you say ashtray you're not talking about where they were smoking or are you no no i mean i mean like a bucket of ashtray like a what um 
from from like their car. Oh, they okay. Put their cigarettes out. Oh, okay. So um, it was an ashtray. All right. Right. And um, the the first time I picked him up, uh, went and confronted him about it about his workers doing that. Um, and he said he would address it. Well, after about the second or third time of them doing that, um, I took a uh, plastic bag from, you know, like a convenience store or grocery, whatever, and wrapped it around my hand, waited for my dogs to go to the bathroom and picked up the solid waste. Mm. And my neighbor had bought this brand-new red truck just for his work. And I smeared the waste in his air intake. Oh, brand new truck. Wait, wait a second. Go on. Because his workers were dumping their ashtray in your yard, you smeared the dog's poop on his, the air intake on his on his new pickup. Right, because it, he wouldn't. He didn't tell them. Okay, it just seems like you're upping the ante a little bit. I'm just saying, it seems like you're kind of raising the stakes there a little bit. But okay, what? How did your neighbor respond? Um. Well, he he took his truck to the shop a couple of times, trying to figure <laughs> out where the smell was coming from. Mm-hmm. But um, hey, I think a cat crawled up here and died in my <laughs> intake valve. Not not the intake valve. Oh, the, the air intake. The, air, they, the air intake. Oh. Wow. So that way, when he when he turned on his uh, that's AC, the that's the air that would be pumping out of the AC. So did he ever realize it right. was you? No, no. Nice. Do you think spite is better when the person knows it's you, or they never have any idea? I guess there could be pluses and minuses to both. I mean, you got off scot free and got your revenge. Yeah, um, I think. I guess it really depends on the level of of, of the spitefulness, um, you know, because you could do something out of spite and get in a lot of trouble for sure it. Sure you could. All right. Uh, thank you for the call, Jack. Appreciate it. Okay, sir. Thank you. All right. Have a good one. Okay, Brandon, that sound like that was kind of... That you know, crazy. like really taking it up to 11. Well, but we're also talking about being spiteful. <laughs> so, we are I mean, talking about truly being you're not being spiteful unless you're really ramping it up, right? Yeah. I mean, I could see, like, if if the workers had gone and taken a, taken a dookie on his yard. <laughs> All right, if anybody's got any other stories, uh, here's, here's a toll-free studio line. It's 844 6210. That's 844-305-6210. Eric in the Facebook chat put a good one in there. Yeah, let me hear what Eric said. One of my friends slept with my girlfriend, so I slept with his mom on his birthday. Oh, <laughs> happy birthday. Did you want some pancakes or She eggs? was only 14 years older than us. Oh. Wait, right. the, the mom was 14 years older than his friend? He did, so Yeah, she, he says the mom was only 14 years older than us. Oh, so in El Paso then. <laughs> uh, TV for tonight. Let me run it down on ABC. The 2020 uh, pre-debate special Pence versus Harris uh, is going to be on ABC. And then at 9 o'clock Eastern, 8 o'clock Central, the vice presidential debate on all the major networks, all the news channels, Mike Pence debates Kamala Harris. And this time the candidates will be separated by a plexiglass barrier and Lisa, you said that uh, Pence did not want to have the plexiglass barrier, no, but finally it's gave in. No, coming up in news. 
All right, we'll have that coming up in news. Moderator is going to be Susan Page from USA Today. Other than the debate over on Fox, Mass Singer, so far they've revealed Busta Rhymes and Mickey Rourke outed himself last week. Yeah, we just decided, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. This week we're going to meet Broccoli, Jellyfish, Lips, Mushroom, and Squiggly Monster. God, all of that just what sounds if Broccoli's like a- Barack Obama. Oh, that'd be amazing. Could be Broccoli Obama. Broccoli Obama. That'd be great. Jellyfish is really cool, too. The costume is amazing. I've got a couple of horror shows that are out, so I know that this is mostly uh, something Joanna would be interested in, but Books of Blood on Hulu, which is a horror anthology, you know, which, like, Black Mirror is an anthology. It's based on stories by Clive Barker, the guy behind Hellraiser and Candyman. And on Netflix, Hubie Halloween, and this looks like it could be it. I mean, I don't... I've said it before, but this looks like it could be the magnum opus of terrible Adam Sandler movies, just from the previews. Hubie Halloween, Adam Sandler plays a fool who lives in Salem and believes monsters are real, so uh, he tries to protect the town, and nobody believes him because he's an idiot. Oh, let's know how it is. We'll probably end up watching it. It's a, as a family thing, we'll probably end up doing. Yeah. Well, report. let me know. Report back. Let me know if it's as bad as it sounds like it's going to be. Uh, let's get a couple more calls. Lisa's got the news on the way here in just a few minutes. Brandon. Yes, sir. Hi, Brandon. You got a uh, you got a spiteful thing done to you or you did to somebody? I did the spiteful thing. All right. What was it? Okay, so. Uh-oh. Oh, you there, Brandon? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, oh, we can hear you now. Yeah, we lost you for a second. Right. So start start All again. Right. Uh, it was a rough patch in my life, and I had found a roommate on Craigslist. I was living with a stripper. <laughs> okay. And was he a Chippendale or a Thunder from Down Under? Maybe it was a girl stripper. Oh, oh no! Me. And now I think we've lost the Brandon. Are you there? Yes, sir. Oh, okay. I, we, okay, you were living with a stripper. Yeah. And- oh. Oh, call, hey, Brandon, call back. We're going to try and leave a phone line open for you, but call right back. There's you something said with this kid. I, I know. I know. We'll do. All right, call right back. I need right. to hear about this. You, oh, huh. there's a tease for you. I know. That can happen on Craigslist. You get a roommate and a stripper shows up. I remember when my sister graduated from high school and she moved for the first time. That's how she found her two roommates, is she had to find them on Craigslist, because she didn't know anybody in that area. And how many of them were strippers? None of them. They're oh, crazy, though. All right. Uh, Corrine. Hi, Corrine. Hi. We're talking about uh, spite, and a lot of the spite stories have to do with a cheating boyfriend or husband or spouse or whatever. What's your story about? So, I have this long-term boyfriend, and we used to ski together all the time, um, and he was obsessed with this this helmet company and kept trying to be sponsored for for years oh was he a good skier he was a really good skier um and he taught me how to ski and i found out he slept with a whole bunch of our friends so i went and got sponsored by that helmet company wait a minute dang i like it you got good enough at skiing that you got sponsored by a helmet company yeah, and That's then awesome. they let me um, social media rep for them. So every time he looked up their helmets, I was there. 
<laughs> oh, revenge. That is amazing. That's a great one, Kareem. Thanks. All right. Thanks for the call. Can you teach me how to ski? <laughs> okay, we got Brandon back. Hopefully, okay. this is going to work. So, Nobody talk. Just let him talk. Brandon, Craigslist stripper. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. So she was never there. Um, she had some, like, rich boy toy that she was always entertaining. Well, I was giving her the rent money, and one day the landlord shows up says, hey, I need you out of here by tomorrow. There's no rent money. I was like, I've been giving it to her. Well, apparently <sighs> she was spending it on drugs. Oh. So I was pretty upset, and I took all the bacon out of the fridge and put it under her mattress, um, smashed a bunch of eggs all over the house. I took all the lotion and shampoo and stuff like that that she had and squirted it everywhere. I broke all her pictures, and I left. And I never heard from her again. So I have no idea what happened with it, but I basically trashed her house out of complete spite. At any point, did you think, maybe I need to be the one to hand the money in? I, You know, at the time, I wasn't making the best decisions in life, uh-huh. so no. <laughs> well, I think the decision to have a stripper for a roommate wasn't necessarily a bad idea, but... No, it, it, it had the potential to be awesome, but it was not. Yeah, not at all. Ended up no. with a bunch of rotten bacon and eggs and cream <laughs> all over the place. All right, thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Brandon. Yes, sir. All right, thanks for the call. I'm glad we we got that story. This is Dennis. Uh, Hi, Dennis. Hey, Buzz. How y'all doing today? Doing good. So we're talking about spite. Can you you give us a real quick version of this? What happened? Um, I had a disagreement with some of my uh, coworkers, Mm -hmm. and uh, they would always they would always try to one up us. So way before uh, shift change. I took some um, pepper spray and sprayed the toilet and the toilet paper so when they sat down, they gassed themselves. Mm-hmm. And then if they if they got to that point, if they used the toilet paper, I can only imagine how irritating that would be. It was a wake-up call for them. Yeah. All right. Did they ever pin it on you or never knew? Uh, they they knew, but they had no evidence it was me. <laughs> okay. So you, no repercussions for you, Dennis? Um, not that I could <laughs> say on the radio. I understand. Okay. All right. Thanks, Dennis. Uh, bye bye. See, that's one of them. Like, if they nailed you doing that, all of a sudden it's like. I mean, it sounds like a good revenge, but it could also be like using a chemical nerve agent. <laughs> it could be much more serious. Than you thought it was going to be. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. We're definitely getting in the October spirit and some early Halloween stuff over on our website, buzzadamshow.com, which gets updated multiple times per day. There's always something new for you, so go and check out buzzadamshow.com. Let me get some uh, scary mu- music going because we got another round of Monster Madness. Joanna, uh, tell me about, are you doing a whole series on Hispanic folklore? Yes, I am for Hispanic Heritage Month. I yes. had heard of La Llorona, mm-hmm. but I had not heard of La Lechuza. You have not. 
You've lived here quite a while. Nobody no. has ever brought that up to you? No, just La Llorona. I thought that's what was coming up on November 3rd. We La Chusa a new president. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I thought it was Radio La Chusma. Yes. <laughs> what is, and be honest, is it like a thing that you'd actually heard of, or did you have to look up some obscure folklore? Uh, the, the series that I'm doing are stories that my abuelita has told me. All right. So these are stories that, if not every, all Hispanics have heard. Oh my I'm God! Is sure. La Lechuza the one that will come and pull your feet in the middle of the night? <laughs> no, <laughs> you've heard that one too. Yeah, though, haven't you? Right. <laughs> no, no. La Lechuza is actually a witch that transforms into an owl. Oh, I've heard this one. Yeah, and it it she lures you in by doing whistling noises or the crying of a baby. What? Ooh. And then when you go outside, uh-huh. she swoops down she and eats you. She swoops you, and you are her dinner. And she's. When she swoops down, is she mostly a woman or mostly an owl or like 50 It's like a 50-50. Some say that it's an owl with the face of a witch. Like a Jeepers Creepers? Yeah. Okay. Kind of like that. So if you hear like a crying or a whistling or a cackling at night, don't go outside because it could be La Lechusa. See, that, that would be a weird message to try and get. Hey, if you ever hear what sounds like a baby in distress... Don't go near it. Yeah. Don't go out at night. <laughs> no. How they lure you in. Like a lot of folklore usually has something that's like, oh, okay, well that you know that's encouraged kids not to, uh, not to go, <laughs> not to play in the swamp or go go out in the dark or uh-huh. talk to strangers. Right. But- they always almost <laughs> always have kind of a lesson to be learned. Yeah, but this one is ignore children who might be in trouble. It might be a child, but if it's a cackling or. Uh, whistling, don't go out there. And the funny thing is, when my grandma would tell it, she'd be like, "Do you know how to get rid of them?" And I'm like, "How do you get rid of them? You cuss them out." Oh, well, you do that already naturally in life. You're like, yeah, just so, a normal day. But this one time, we did have uh, a lechuza in our yard. <laughs> my grandma's cussing it out, and I'm like, "What is she what, doing?" What you had an actual witch that's part well, owl. Well, we had you- an owl. It, it, it mostly always just looks like a regular owl. Does lechuza mean owl? Lechuza. Lechuza. It, it means like it's a. It's usually a small barn owl. Okay, is what it is. But your mom was just cussing a. Uh, your grandma was cussing a blue cussing streak. Cussing it out. out. Okay. Brandon, we've got all four of our matchups uh, set to go over at buzzadamshow.com, and this is Movie Monster Madness, and this is the first round. So what have we added? Do you want what we've added, or do you want um, the yeah, ones we've done so far? Go, go through the added? yeah. Go through the first. Go go through the new ones. So this was a new round that was recently added. So mm-hmm. do that one. The new ones that just came up. We have Michael Myers. That's a number one seed. Taking on King Kong. Again, King Kong just wanted love, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was a friendly beast. Kind of. The next uh, matchup, it's Clover, which is technically the Cloverfield monster. And that's one that was not friendly or nice. Because the, the big destroyers of cities, Godzilla and King mm-hmm. Kong, we've kind of been like, well... In a, in a lot of the stories, Godzilla's actually protecting the humans. Uh, King Kong was really just looking for love. Clover from Cloverfield was just looking to destroy stuff. Yeah. How do you think King Kong ever thought he was going to consummate that relationship anyway? Well, he's an ape. I don't think he thought that far ahead. Okay. He just loved her. Uh, yeah. She was beautiful. Uh, the next matchup is Clover, and then it's uh, Pazuzu. Ooh. The demon from The demon Exorcist? From the Exorcist. Hands down, scariest movie of all time, man. And then yeah, have, I don't want to. I don't want to affect the voting, but come on, that, that's that, that's the most scared I've ever been in my life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, then we have Dracula taking on Chucky because remember Chucky was technically a horror movie. They, they, I think Chucky's a horror. No, Chucky was definitely. Oh, a I was horror terrified movie. of that as a kid. But remember, then it was super campy, and then it was just yeah. When he started silly. like get, getting married and having yeah. kids and stuff, then it. Got oh my gosh, silly. that sex scene! It's <laughs> 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 amazing. <laughs> and then the final matchup of the new matchups, we have Brundlefly. Oh, Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum from The Fly, and then Gozer. Okay. From the Ghostbusters. Gozer the Gozerian. All right, and review the rest of the matchups for us. So the matchups that kicked off on Monday, you got Freddy Krueger taking on Pumpkinhead, Wolfman taking on Norman Bates, Predator taking on Alien, and Jigsaw taking on Ghostface. And then the matchups that started yesterday, Jason Voorhees versus Godzilla, the Babadook versus the Pale Man, that's the uh, the dude with the eyeballs on his hands. Yeah. Uh, from Pan's Labyrinth, The Candyman versus The Blob, and Pinhead versus Frankenstein's Monster. So when you go to vote for these, it's interesting because there are some votes where people just voted on the first matchup. You can tell they didn't wait for the next one to load because it's a, it's a series of four. So when you go to the website, when you go to buzzadamshow.com and the poll pops up, when you vote, it's going to show the little meter going on, on who is winning after after you vote. You can see... Um, the percentage of votes for each one. Wait a half a second, and then it's going to load the next one for you. So stick around and make sure you're voting on all four for Movie Monster Madness. They've got a list here of the most iconic Halloween movies of all time. So I I take that to mean, you know, it's Halloween. What's a movie you definitely want to view? And you know what has really become very, very kind of campy is... Hocus Pocus in the past few years, like you see a lot of Hocus Pocus decorations and stuff, and it's not in the top. Now it's not in the top ten. Really? Black. That Maybe. was that was our uh, costume was. a couple years ago. So, last year, but I, or no, last there year was two years. But the thing is, is that Hocus Pocus actually technically came out in July too. It wasn't even yeah, uh, it, October. It came out before Halloween time. Yeah, as I'm looking at this, it doesn't look like it has anything to do with when it originally came out, but. You know, that's one that they show. It's almost it, like the, uh, the A Christmas Story of Halloween. Here's a great question. Cable. Whoever made this list, did they put Die Hard in as a Christmas movie? Because that nope. would be my judgment. What so, about Lethal ha- Weapon 2? This is yeah. a Halloween so list. So is this list just focusing yeah, on like just horror movies? Yeah. Um, new poll of 2,000 Americans determined the most iconic Halloween movies. So the movie Halloween it's gotta be was number one. one. Right? Okay. Yeah. Sure. Right. Number two, Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay, got Freddy okay. Krueger. Good to go. So, so far, so good. Number three, Scream. Eh, okay, top um, five might okay. be a little high for that. Yeah, I mean, good, <laughs> but, but there's I don't know no if way I would put it, it should be ahead of number four, The Exorcist. Yeah, The Exorcist okay. definitely yeah. has to go higher. And in fact, I would say Exorcist is probably number one. Uh, number five is Beetlejuice. Okay. Number six is Friday the Thirteenth. Number seven is Carrie. Number eight is Rocky Horror Picture Show. Number nine, Child's Play. Number ten is The Shining. Number nine, Child's Play? Really? Out of all the options out there. Wait, it doesn't sound like you really appreciate Chucky. I mean, you said a couple of things that make me think you don't think Chucky is scary. 
Well, no, when I was a kid, I was terrified <laughs> of it. And it started out as horror, but what I was talking about earlier was that it's just how it went super cheesy and super campy. Like, you could tell in the first one, they were legitimately trying to scare you. And then it really got away from that later on. scary. I would rather have Joanna make a list for me. I'm going to make yeah. a list. Yeah, I would believe her. And the movie that I was thinking of, not there. Does the, it go past, the one does thing, it go past yeah. top 10? Yeah, it goes all the way to 30. The one that I would have said should be like at least top 10, Trick or Treat. Yeah, that's it. That's a great movie. Trick or Treat, movie. not on the list. Whack. Well, this is what happens when you list. leave voting up to the average you see, Americans. I can't even trust the American people <laughs> yeah, to make y'all average. a proper <laughs> Halloween list. No kidding. How Let am I going to trust them to pick a president? Guess what? <laughs> I'm, I'm looking down the list. Uh-huh. Hocus Pocus is nowhere. Dang. Yeah, Hocus wow. Pocus is not even list. on this list. Screw this list. Yeah. I'm making a list. Number 11 is The Conjuring. Was that the one about Ed and Lorraine? Was that the one with yes. Annabelle in it yeah, before Annabelle came out? Okay, that's, that's okay. That one was real good. Number 12 that is... That doll's creepy AF. Texas when she was in the Massacre. studio? Mm-mm. Number 13 is Psycho. Number 14 is a movie that only came out a couple of years ago, A Quiet Place. What? I... I a Quiet Place was a fine movie, but if you're talking about iconic Halloween movies, you don't have Trick or Treat anywhere on the list. I don't it just think that's what. Are you everything. sure it's not just scary movies? Because none of the like a lot of these don't. They have nothing to do with Halloween. What? Is it horror movies or is it Halloween movies? I guess maybe they were going the for most the iconic vibe. Halloween movies. I don't think it has to like I think take place in the movies. month of October. Yeah, I, I think they're just doing no, not even the month of. They're just doing horror movies. It yeah. sounds like. Me, a person who watches uh, horror movies all year round. Looking let me at just the peasants. Let me just, just watch it for Halloween. Let me exactly. just take a look at some other notable movies on the list. At number fifteen, Night of the Living Dead. Night of the Living Dead was kind of like the original zombie movie, but it has it. It nobody gets scared by watching the original Night of the Living Dead. Dawn of the Dead's great. Yeah, Dawn of the Dead is Especially great. The remake. the remake of Dawn of the Dead is great, but Night of the Living Dead isn't even scary. It at number 16. Solid. Get Out, which came out in 2017, is at number 22. Here's a movie. I never thought these were scary. Paranormal Activity. I'd seen maybe two of them. My How wife, many have they my made? Wife like won't tw- watch them. Yeah. I won't watch them. It's like, okay, they're sleeping. <laughs> they're sleeping. Okay, they're sleeping. <gasps> Take the door moved. You gotta be hard up to get scared. Uh, number thirty, and and some people are having a problem with this one because it only came out last year. And how could something that only came out a year ago be iconic? Midsummer. Midsummer's great. By the way, Midsummer doesn't take place around Halloween, Lisa. It takes place in Midsummer. <laughs> well, that's m- what I'm saying. I don't think this list is Halloween movies. I think it's just scary I'm movies. Because I mean, Midsummer obviously has nothing to do with that. Exorcist doesn't happen on Halloween, does it? You should do two lists. Conjuring one that is doesn't Halloween movies, and then one that is also horror movies. Because during the month of October, it's kind of it's synonymous with horror movies. But then right. you also have the mm-hmm. separate, you know, smaller genre of actual. Halloween movies. Yeah, because I would put, like, if you were doing Halloween movies, Trick or Treat, obviously. Nightmare Halloween. Before, I'd put Nightmare, Nightmare Before, Before Christmas. Christmas. Hocus Pocus. <laughs> like, yeah, those are the type of movies you would put on a Halloween movie list. This list is garbage because it's saying Halloween movies, but 
I'm doing Lying Halloween movies that actually happen on Halloween. Did they trick or treat in a quiet place? Did they get candy in a <laughs> no, quiet place? But, but, no, then it's not a Halloween movie. You know what is a Halloween movie? Mr. Mom, because they trick or treat in Mr. Mom. Boom. You All right, I'm fine. A good Halloween movie that takes place on Halloween? E. Idle Hands. E.T. Yeah. yeah. Idle, oh, hands. Idle Hands. Great. Joanna over here bringing the fire. Um, so here, here, here's what makes for a scary scenario for me. The unknown. You know, it's not so much the gore. It's just not knowing or not understanding what is going on. Anything that disorients you. And that's why I want to present this. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Brandon's got a post about a massage parlor that got shut down. And there are just so many interesting facts about it. You can read Brandon Coates' article at buzzadamshow.com. I, I just highlighted some of the more interesting uh, quotes on here or uh, aspects of the story. A wife's suspicion uh, was brought to the attention of El Paso police when she found an erotic services ad on her husband's cell phone. Oh. So she found this ad for like one of these, one of these seedy massage places in a strip mall. And I I want, do you think she confronted her husband about it first, or do you think she just went straight to the police about it? She probably totally just went straight to yeah, the Yeah, probably. She's like, bet. Watch what I'm going to do to you. The place is called Health Massage, which is accused of offering sex services by Chinese immigrant women, and it was shut down Monday by a temporary court order. There had been an 18-month investigation by the Texas DPS, county investigators, and the FBI. So it was already on their radio, radar. And when the woman brought in, her, I don't know <laughs> if she brought in her husband's phone or just told him, I found this on my husband's phone. Uh, Take a quick screenshot. They decided to kind of ramp up the investigation, I get, I guess. They were already looking into the massage parlor when a woman filed a complaint after finding an ad for the massage parlor on her husband's phone linked to websites for erotic and sex services. And this is why it is so important to password protect your phone. (laughs) (laughs) Inspectors found clothing, groceries, and other indications that the Chinese women were not only working there but living inside the parlor, according to court documents. The women did have immigration work permits. <laughs> Documents noted that investigators used the Google Translate phone app to communicate with the women in Chinese. <laughs> Brandon, you got all these details on your uh, no, on your I post. Didn't know any of these details, oh, man. this all came oh. out after I wrote this it. Is a, you might have to amend that because this is some crazy stuff. I'd always heard about the rumors about, you know, these massage places. And so that, you decided to go check it out for yourself? No, I, I never did. I ended up in one, but have I ever told you the story? I don't think no. so. The one with Jim Paul? Oh, yeah. Ah! <laughs> Interesting. I've never heard You've this totally, story. Yeah, no, it's great. It, it's completely innocent. Oh, sure. So, which, I, which I could totally see Jim just being like, yeah, this place, they got great massages. So we can get a dessert afterwards. Yeah, we can get some that fish thing. Oh, the baked Alaska. Baked Alaska. There you go. <laughs> Jim had contacted us years ago uh, 
I was on the show, but but none of you guys were yet on the show. But there were four of us, and Jim uh, said, "Hey, I want to treat you guys, but I want it to be a surprise." So, and he took all of us, including Teresa. Okay. You know, oh, it was all a surprise, he, all right. <laughs> and all he did was give us an address. Uh-huh. So it's that it's that strip mall, kind of close to where Albertsons is, like the Colony Cove. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. So I pull in, and there's there's like a restaurant, and I think, oh, he's going to take us to lunch. No, when Jim pulls pulls up, he walks us into this massage place, and he's like, I like to treat myself and my wife to uh, like this foot massage thing. So first of all, I'm not I'm not real comfortable with with being touched by strangers, you know. Uh-huh. So I've never really been into massages in the first place. But I, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking about everything I've ever heard about a, a Chinese massage place. Well, we go in, and let me tell you, the whole experience could not be less sexy if that was what they were going for. First, uh-huh. of, first of all, it looked like a barber shop, you know, okay. with the tile and the fluorescent lights and everything. The women doing the foot massage were like 60-year-old Chinese grandmas. <laughs> They weren't dressed. Nobody was dressed provocatively. Maybe because they saw you and uh, Jim walking in, and they're like, "Oh, this is the one that really wants massages." B team. Well, I, I was thinking about. I'm not done with the story yet. They just want to stop oh, at the rub. The they're not going for the hug. <laughs> so I, I'm sitting there, like almost in a. The whole thing is surreal because I'm sitting there with my coworkers and Jim, and uh-huh. they're doing this massage thing, and I'm like, "Well, this isn't at all." what the rumors make it out to be. So, uh, you know, we get done and and leave, and it's like, well, thanks, Jim. That was a real treat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, thank you for that awkward moment. Then years later, I was talking to some guys who, I guess, frequent these places or have been to them before, and they assured me that that place is one of, one of the ones. What? With and those I was little like, old Chinese grandmas? I, I tried to tell them the story <laughs> just the way that I told you, and they said, "Oh no, no, that's just the front." Oh. <laughs> so I guess like is there they, like a a code word you have to do, you use? You go in, you're like, how weird! I don't know. Unlock the other well, level. I, I'm telling you, this thing that we went into was absolutely the most, the least sexy setting. I bet that yeah. I, I've ever seen. So if they had some well, other store they, going on in the back to uh, pass off the ruse. Uh, so a few more details about this. They uh, had an undercover officer or an undercover agent. You know, I bet it wasn't an officer because they say undercover agent, which probably means, you know, somebody who's not law enforcement that goes in and uh, went into the place, which is on the east side. Once in a private room, the undercover agent was told that massages cost $50. All right, listen to this part. Using hand gestures, the agent asked the masseuse, if she offered boom boom or yum yum. <laughs> Those are the code words, yeah. <laughs> boom boom or yum yum. 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 Damn dude, yum yum's a kind of sauce. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> if done correctly, the woman allegedly replied that boom boom would cost a hundred dollars. And yum, boom yum. boom refer- refers to Full sex. Boom, boom. What's what yum? Yeah. Oh, never mind. Didn't what? get a quote what on the yum yum. yum. Uh, no quote on the yum yum. <laughs> but if but if boom boom was a hundred, I would guess yum yum. You know, seventy five, fifty. I don't. 50 maybe? No idea. Depends which one. 
Which one's better? The agent left claiming that he didn't have $100, but that he would be back. The woman was later arrested for prostitution. <laughs> so it gets into all these stories that, you know, these these women are brought over. They, they don't even get to live in a, like an apartment or anything. They have to live in the place. But anyway, I was assured, like I described the place that I'd gone to and I described how completely un- erotic the entire experience was and I got chuckles and knowing glances and I was assured yeah that place is definitely uh, one of them so yeah you can read Brandon's article but <laughs> you really need to be updated a little you bit there. need to update it because boom boom or yum yum <laughs> oh, that's some pretty crazy stuff you didn't know about the boom boom or the no yum-yum. I didn't know about that part I'm just picturing the scene where the they're in there busting the place and they're using the Google Translate app <laughs> to talk to these women because, you know, I guess they probably knew a few words like boom boom and yum yum, but uh, not enough to completely communicate with the uh, with the agents. Oh, it's one of our favorite callers. It's Chopper. Hi, Chopper. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Just talking about these uh, Chinese massage places, which... Uh, I guess, uh, I guess maybe they have a back, like a like a secret door or something that goes back into where all the mm-hmm. where all the hanky panky goes on. That's no, what I've been the boom boom. to believe. <laughs> I uh, I used to go. I was in high school in Salem, Oregon, and a, a restaurant got shut down my senior year that we'd been going to almost every day through high school. Uh, it was this Chinese food place, cheap, amazing food, and you know how a lot of Asian places will have no MSG signs put up on the walls. Yeah. Well, my friend and I, one time we were in there and we were being goofy and we just were joking around about how MSG must be the code for massage. And they're like, oh, no, no, no massage. Well, my, my senior year, we went to go there for lunch because we'd, you know, skip class and go get Chinese food. And it was closed down. So I read the newspaper later that day and they'd been busted for uh, illegal immigration and prostitution. Apparently there was uh, downstairs that you could get to if you knew the right thing to say. And uh, they were offering happy endings galore. And it was all downstairs. Yep. And I didn't even know the place had a downstairs. And I'd been going there for years. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Chopper. That's a good story. All right. Have a beautiful day, guys. We'll talk to you later. Okay. Good read over there. You can find it at buzzadamshow.com. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Over on the uh, Facebook chat, everybody's talking about different places that you know had like a second business going on that trafficked in vice <laughs> like I don't want to repeat any of them because I don't know but everybody's got their stories about places that well, if they're you putting knew, it in the Facebook chat if, if you knew the well right but I don't know if the if what they're saying is true but oh well Everybody's got these stories about places which had like either an upstairs or a downstairs or a back room. And if you knew the password, you could get in there. And that's where all the uh, boom, boom, and yum, yum (laughs) went on. (laughs) (laughs) Boom, boom, and yum, yum. But let's get to entertainment news. Joanna Barba has her eye on Hollywood for us every day. Good morning, Joanna. Good morning. Yesterday it was announced that despite... Season four renewal, and despite the fact that they had filmed an entire episode already, Netflix was reversing its decision and canceling Glow. 
Netflix's cancellation of GLOW was met with sadness by fans and critics alike, including series co-star Mark Maron. Maron discussed the show's cancellation in an Instagram Live video on Tuesday morning where he implored Netflix to allow the show's cast and creative team the resources to finish, not through a full season as planned, but through a movie. GLOW had started filming its final season earlier this year, right before the COVID-19 shutdown hit, and as Netflix looked at what it would take to get the series up and running again after uh, under new safety protocols, which include figuring out how to manage the show's frequent physical contact between actors, it decided that from a budget standpoint, it was no longer feasible for Netflix to move forward with oh, season four. They play wrestlers, so there's never any actual physical contact. <laughs> <laughs> I see Isn't there mean. a knock against Netflix that they pull the plug on these shows after soon? two yes. seasons? Uh, and that's bad. Why? They do it because that's when their contract negotiations negotiations start up again for these series. So if anything's a runaway hit, they'd have to shell out more money. Like Stranger it, Things, they got to pay all those kids millions of dollars now. Yeah. So there's some shows that they will continue with, like Stranger Things. But for the most part, all of them, it's just worth it to just scrap them. Yeah, it's just get rid. That's why they canceled Santa Clarita Diet. I was so upset. Well, Glow fans quickly took to social media to note that they'd wait as long as necessary for that final season to finally come to Netflix, and the hashtag Save Glow was born. Eh, the show kind of faded out. Yeah, I, I really didn't, didn't see even finish the third season. I didn't hear you guys talking about it. I didn't anymore. realize there was a third season. <laughs> I, I thought yeah. it was. Is there three seasons? I thought there was. Yeah, because this would this would have been the fourth oh. and final season. Yeah, that see, first season was great. Yeah, the first season was great. But then when great. they moved to Vegas, like the storylines changed. And yeah. Just, nah. Well, Netflix has been indicted by a Tyler County, Texas grand jury in connection with its Cuties film. The indictment accuses Netflix of promoting, quote, visual material which depicts the lewd exhibition of genitals or pubic area of a clothed or partially clothed child who was younger than 18 years of age which appeals to the prurient interest in sex and has no serious literary, artistic, political, or scientific value. Netflix isn't backing down, though. They said, quote, Cuties is a social commentary against the sexualization of young children. This charge is without merit, and we stand by the film. You know, the only reason I would watch this movie is to find out what they're talking about, but then at that point, I'm only tuning in to, a, to this movie to see the the thing that they're talking about, which I don't want to do that either. Yeah, and then I felt creepy about yeah. it. I haven't well, seen no, it. You should you should watch it to see what the meaning of the movie is. Like what is what is the point the director was trying to make? Because when I first watched the first half, yeah, I was appalled. I was like, I'm not even gonna finish this. But then I finally did finish it and I was like, okay, that makes more sense. Like I remember it, you were texting us you were like live texting us as you were watching it. Yeah. And you were like, This is weird, this is creepy and then at the end you were like Oh, that was really good. That was yeah, the a ending, good lesson right there. Right. The la- like if you're that horrified, like the last half of the movie is probably better to watch. So what do you think about uh this indictment in Texas of Netflix? Do you think it's silly or I think it's silly. Okay. I, I I think that it's not necessary. I think if I think it's a lot of people who haven't seen the movie who are judging it because that like I said, when I watched the first half, it was horrible. I couldn't even get through it. Because, but then because I Because of the because of the sexuality. It just seemed un- it was just uncomfortable. Like and but that was kind of what the ju- what the director was trying to do. She's trying to make you uncomfortable to say, look, this these dance moves, yeah, these dance moves I'm doing, this is the WAP dance that's trending on TikTok, which is true. There's a lot of moves in the WAP dance that I are in the movie. But it like that is what little girls are doing. 
And so she's saying, does it make you uncomfortable? Good. Go on your child's social media and see if they're doing these dance moves. It should make you uncomfortable because it's happening right now. If these outfits, which are skimpy or whatever they're saying, guess what? That's what people wear in dance right now. That might be as close to me having an opinion as your opinion because I just don't see myself watching this yeah as horrified as i was the more i really thought about it and just didn't go with my initial gut reaction the more i thought you know what those are the outfits that the girls that actually win a lot of the dance competitions wear and then these are the dances that you're seeing on social media and on tiktok kids doing right now and so that's when i kind of thought oh my gosh she's making a good point because this is what's happening and these are the people that these kids are idolizing right now and this is how it is going it's happening in real life. Uh, but the the ending is a lot better when you finally watch the ending and it, it does make more sense. And uh, I really wish they would have gotten more into the relationship with the, the lead girl and her family uh, because that's a big part of it is the fact that her dad is uh, marrying another woman. He ha- is taking on a second wife and she's uncomfortable with it and she doesn't understand why her mother needs to accept this fact and just be okay with him bringing more another person into their household. I would watch it, but I already have so many things on Netflix that I'm planning not to watch that it just doesn't make it up to the top. Yeah, no, that's true. I have a lot of stuff to watch. I'm just like, oh, jeez. I, I have a list. Things that I plan on actually watching and things that I... Things I, that just sit in your queue? That mm-hmm. I know I'm never going to watch, but they're in there anyway. So. Nice. Well, Netflix says that they are standing by the film. And finally, Saturday Night Live members were uh, audience members were actually paid to attend last weekend's live show, according to a report in the New York Times. As a result of New York City guidelines around the ongoing coronavirus pandemic, television productions are not allowed to host audiences unless they consist of employees, so cast members or staff in the case of Saturday Night Live. Audiences consisting of the show's workers also had to be limited to 25% of its usual capacity with no more than 100 people. As a result, Saturday Night Live paid its audience members $150. Wait, did you say the audience well, members cool. were also workers? No, the audience they members... They had to be classified as oh, workers. Oh, so they, so okay. they had to be paid for their time on Saturday Night Live. That's kind of cool because they had first responders in the audience. Yeah, That's Chris Rock, cool. Chris yeah. Rock was the host. The, the show itself, I thought, was real hit or miss. I don't know if anybody checked out saturday night live but i thought it you know it had some moments that it there something seemed a little off or awkward and it might have just been you know because they were operating under all these uh restrictions but uh here's chris rock talking about the uh the first responders who were in the front rows (laughs) all right so uh, cool. I just thought they got to see a free show. I guess they got $150 a piece on top of it. Yeah, and they didn't even find out until after the show was over when they were all given their checks. That's cool. With nice enter- press. Yeah, that's really nice. Uh, with entertainment news, I'm Joanna Barber. Here's a little and more. I wish you well. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Hey, we're into the fifth and final hour of the Buzz Adams Morning Show, also the uh, El Paso-centric hour of the show. And a new movie opens. It's a documentary about the El Paso uh, Walmart shooting massacre. And it's called 915. It's directed by Charlie Men, who also directed Nightmare in Las Cruces uh, and several others. Uh, the Pulse nightclub uh, shooting that you directed. 
And uh, this opens tomorrow at Bassett Place and Cinemark. Uh, Charlie Men joins us. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning to you. Uh, so I, I'm looking at some of the footage. Just let me play some of the uh, the footage from the trailer and just give you an idea of of some of the. I, I think that a lot of people have not. Probably most people haven't seen any of of the footage that was taken by people inside the Walmart or people who showed up. You know, in the wake of of the Walmart shooting. So that guy was he walking around while the shooter was still shooting and and taking a video of himself in the Walmart? Yeah, what happened was um he was exiting the Walmart and he saw the shooter approaching the store and he ran back inside and he literally missed death by a foot. The guy next to him was murdered, Alexander Hoffman, and um that particular gentleman ran for his life. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he came within a foot of being murdered. So all that is in the film. And uh, I call this the unknown tragedy, Buzz, because outside of, yeah, we know something horrible happened at Walmart. A bunch of people got murdered. I would say at least 95% of the people in El Paso cannot get beyond that. We cannot get specific. This film will hopefully answer and address all of your questions. I mean, everything under the sun uh, the investigation for this thing was exhausting, and uh, I'm relieved that finally we're here. We were supposed to release this film on the one-year anniversary, but the pandemic put a halt to that. All right, so starting tomorrow, you can see it at Bassett Place at Cinemark. How long do you think it's going to run at those at those theaters? Hopefully forever, because uh, this is meant to inform, educate, raise awareness for change, minimize the hate towards Hispanics, and uh, yeah, like I said, this will inform everyone about what exactly happened the film is also meant to change the way you think i mean we we talk about just about every angle possible well what uh, is an what is an aspect of this a story that you don't think uh people know yet that they should know more more about well for instance uh there's a first convenient bank inside that walmart and what happened was when the shooting occurred the bank manager ran inside his the employee door with apparently a few of his employees and locked out the customers and the people that were trying to avoid the gunman. So we had at least one individual banging on the door for his life and his nephew's life, and the door would not open. Now, I want to make myself clear here. It's not the bank's responsibility at that time to protect. um, let, Let me rephrase that. It's not the bank. Okay, technically, you're not supposed to open the door because you never know. It could be the killer knocking on the door. It could be. Right. So that person who did not open the door, I'm not saying it's his fault because he actually did the right thing. But certainly other people could have opened the door and saved lives. That, that's my point. Okay, but it, there's that saying that hindsight is twenty twenty. Like you say, when you're on the other side of that door and, and people are knocking, maybe... You know, you you can't really put yourself in in that person's shoes unless you were there. Right, but my point is, uh, outside of that point, eight people, roughly eight people, could have survived that thing had that door open. And again, I'm not blaming that person for not opening the door. It kind of sounds like you are. 
I'm just putting it out there, Buzz, and then we'll have people interpret it for themselves. Well, are any of the people that were there in the store, uh, do any of them hold, uh, or, or families of the victims, do any of them hold any of the employees responsible for for you know not taking action uh, or taking the wrong kind uh, of action or, or whatever? Uh, the, the bank is being sued. By the victims' families? Yes. But you said that... Uh, Channel, Channel 9 actually reported that, but it, it didn't really go viral, let's say. I would say most people in El Paso don't know about the bank door. They also um, don't talk about police response. It took police six minutes to get there. The first officer didn't go in until eight minutes after. Okay, you the, say that, but that sounds like a really quick response. You know, police aren't stationed on every corner. Six minutes sounds like an incredibly fast response to well, me. Well, if you ask ten people if you think six minutes is too slow or too fast, I'm sure it'll be split down the middle. But keep this in mind. The killer... You ever called the cops before? Me? Yeah. In my life, yeah. Yeah. Did they show up within six minutes? Well, I mean, it depends on the situation. It depends where you are. It depends... Yeah, order order it, pizza it and call the cops and see which one gets there faster. Six minutes sounds phenomenal to me. Okay, but, but keep this in mind. The killer... Okay, goes into a Walmart, commits a top 10 all-time mass shooting, gets back into his car after he's done and drives away. How, how does that happen? How come no one talks about that? Uh, because... How in the world can that happen? And why is no one talking about that? I, I don't know what, what you're implying. There were no police on the scene. They don't usually... I mean, they do now. You see a police officer at the at the front of every Walmart. Sam's Club, Walmart, yeah. That I go into. But okay, yeah, we, we had thousands people are of, running away from gunfire. That's what You're talking about do, a chaotic Charlie. situation yeah. where there's a bunch of people. Six minutes isn't a bad time, especially. I can't even get into a Walmart within six minutes to park my car. So six minutes to get onto a scene of a shooting, that's pretty good. But not to mention the fact that, yeah, it's a chaotic scene. People are running from it. You don't know who's the shooter, who's not the shooter. So placing the, the blame right now like you are on the police police is completely i think unnecessary i'm just saying what happened when did i blame the police when did i blame uh blame the police for this okay the, the way well, that you continuously uh, bring up the fact that it took them six minutes to get there when that's actually I, continuously as in every time you come on the show all you do is bring up the fact that it took six minutes that is a damn good time for the police to be getting well, there on this the scene. is the first time i've been on the show with buzz talking about this case what are you mm, talking about i don't think so well, I mean, uh, I know my schedule better than you. As compared to Unfortunately, I know when you're on this show too though. Well, but I never said that. What do you mean continuously? Every uh, time that you have come on this show though, you continually blame the police for, for taking what? What 6 minutes to get to the this scene the of a mass shooting. This is the first time I've been talking to Buzz okay. about this right. case. With the with <laughs> so inaccurate, with the pulse, so irresponsible. With the Pulse nightclub, okay. It, it took them Three, hours. Three hours. Three hours. Over three before hours. Before anybody went inside. Correct. With the Parkland shooting, you had well, armed people well, on the scene. They didn't go in. Compared to right. those, Charlie, six minutes sounds like a miracle of if, if efficiency by the El Paso Police Department. Well, I tell you, I, when I interviewed the victims, a lot of them were disappointed in that. And, of course, it's all perspective. If you talk to someone who wasn't shot just as an objective outsider— They'll tell you, okay, six minutes sounds okay to me. If it's if you lost a family member that was bleeding out, then you're going to say six minutes is too long. It's all perspective, Buzz. That's why if you ask ten people, five will tell you it's too long, five will tell you it's not too long. I don't know. We could take ten calls right now and just, uh, you know, the response to the Walmart shooting. Do you think six minutes is a good response time? or a, Sure, go ahead. I think, I think many more people would say that six minutes is... Well, take, it's very commendable. Then take take the poll. All right.
I, I, would, uh, I, would, I, would, I would love to see the results. 305-621. We can do it right here. 844-305-6210. So you're hearing this. It sounds like you're kind of making the accusation that that is... Uh, irresponsible. I mean, you say it's six minutes. It was eight I'm minutes just, before I'm, they went into the Walmart. I'm just putting it out there. Now, that very same night, Dayton, Ohio had a mass shooting, okay? Police got rid of the killer in 30 seconds. Now, I know that situation was different. That's why when you asked me that question earlier about the six minutes, it just depends on the situation, where you're at. I think there were police on the scene in yeah, Dayton. Yeah, that was a nightlife spot. That would be like if there was a shooting at like a Cincinnati district where there's police that are stationed there on a Friday and a Saturday night. Okay, with That's that- a typical night out where you do have that. I've seen situations like that in Albuquerque when I've been out in Albuquerque on a Friday night and there's been a shooting. The police are immediately on scene because they're already there and stationed to be there. Okay, so with that said, should there be police presence in the Sierra Vista area when you consider there were over a thousand shoppers there that morning. They have that now because of this situation. But does there typically, do you expect for a mass shooting to be happening inside of a Walmart? Absolutely not. But is that something that is the new reality that we're having to face in this country? Absolutely. And that's why that discussion is being had at this moment. Let me let me do t- uh, 10 quick phone calls. And we're talking about the six minute response time for the Walmart shooting. And at the time, when I'd heard that was how long it took the police, I thought, well, that that's pretty quick. Um, Buzz, could I say this? Yeah. Always keep this in mind. We had a racist outsider come into our city to create evil. He got out of his car, shot a bunch of people outside, walked inside, shot a lot more people inside by the bank, by the checkout counter, walks back out, shoots more people. No one talks about that. Gets into his car and drives away. Now, how could that happen without any resistance? That doesn't make... Well, who are you blaming? I mean, you're, well, you're blaming blame, somebody. But blaming the killer. I mean, we blame the killer, yeah, obviously. Yeah, but, but you're saying without resistance, are you saying customers him. should have gotten the way or employees should have gotten the way? I, or- would say, I, w- I would say it would have been nice had the police gotten there sooner because they could not secure the scene. They got there and the killer had gotten away. Okay? So they couldn't secure the scene. So the bodies are left bleeding out on the floor, on the ground for 20 to 30 minutes because they could not secure the scene. So you see one problem perpetuates others. Well, when did others. the first EMTs uh, make it into the Walmart? They, they didn't. The bodies had to be taken towards the hill where the bridge is, where people get off the bus and they well, walk. Well, who took the bodies out? Good Samaritans. They went to Sam's to get carts. Okay, so you're and saying... no one talks about the Good Samaritans. All right, here, we got some phone calls. Uh, Marissa, Charlie says six-minute response time. Well, Charlie doesn't say it's too long, but he questions whether or not. Do you think six minutes well, is a good response time by the police? You know what? To be honest with you, Buzz, I would have to say no, considering what happened. Considering the amount of people that died and got shot. Yeah, but, that, considering- but, but Marissa, that wouldn't have any any impact on the police response time well i mean you just said it depends what you call on the police for I, i've called the police before and they've taken hours to come which uh, well, my situation compared to the walmart you can't compare it i understand why they took longer to get to All my right, issue. so we're putting right. your- but six minutes but six minutes to get to something like that buzz i live in that neighborhood i see cops cruising that neighborhood all the time all right so your vote is for that was too long. Yes, sir. Six minutes? Yes, sir. That All was right. way too long. All right. And she's saying for a mass shooting. Now, if it's someone stole a candy bar, well, then yeah, you're fine. I mean, six minutes, you live with that. But we're talking about a mass shooting. 
Are you saying six minutes from the time the first shots were fired or six minutes from the time that the first report was made to the, the first police? The first 911 call was made at 1039. Uh-huh. Okay. Police got there, according to Greg Allen and Mayor DeMargo, they got there at 1045. Now, they didn't make the first entry until 1047 because they had to assess the scene. And plus, people were telling the police that the killer's at Bassett, the killer's in Horizon, the killer is at the mall. All that turned out to be false. And all that compromised the investigation. So whoever making is whoever is making up that baloney should be arrested, in my view. Armando, hello. Hello. Good morning. Armando, six minutes is that a is that a good response time in a uh, you know an un, unforeseen tragedy like this? Yes, it's very short. I mean, he just said it right now. If you're calling the cops and you're telling them, oh, they're in Horizon, they're in this place or this place, where do you go first? You don't know. Because nobody knew what was going on. So I think six, six minutes was a great time. All right, so I'll put you right. uh, one. Char- Charlie says that it would be like like 50-50. So uh, I, I'm just curious to find out if well, that's true. Hello, Danny. Yes. Danny, six-minute response I, time uh, for the Walmart shooting. Too long to... Uh, I, I, yeah, no, they should have got there a lot quicker regarding what was going on. Yeah. Was, I mean, wouldn't it, wouldn't it make a difference, like, which which unit was closest? I mean, if there was one on the same block, that's yeah, one thing. Now, but if there was one that was, you know, 10 minutes away, but they got there in six minutes anyway, that's really good, right? Here's the problem. The current El Paso Police Department yeah, no, would I not talk to me. get there a lot quicker. For as many police officers that are in the whole county and city, they should have got there quicker. Yeah, but if uh, you can't say if they were in the county, they could have been 30 <laughs> minutes away. All right, listen, I, I'm not trying to influence this. I just want to find out if, if Charlie's right. So that's... So two too lo- for that too long too long for that boat. All right, uh, let's go to uh, Ivan. Hi, Ivan. Hey, how are you? Good. Uh, six minutes. We're talking about six minutes here. I I think the response was just fine. It was good enough time. But specifically, I want to say that this is the mentality of 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 sheep. And what I say by that is that if you're depending on police to protect you, you're on the wrong shoes. This is why the Second Amendment gives us the right to protect ourselves. So we should take it upon ourselves to take action and defend ourselves. It's not the police that are going to come and save you. I imagine there were probably people with, with firearms, you know, concealed carry in a, in a crowded Walmart. But the bottom line is that it wasn't used for whatever the reason. I don't know if people froze. Well, well, if well, he, I, I, I think you don't know what your reaction would be in a situation, especially if I was m- with my kids. My number one priority is to get them out of there. Uh, and, and yourself and, out of there. Yeah, and, yeah. and not, to play, uh, not to play Billy Badass with the shooter. No, no, absolutely. All, all I'm saying is that you're placing the blame on the police that they didn't get there fast enough. Okay. Even, if they had gotten, even if they had gotten there in three minutes. How does, right. How the, they- the police don't really stop that many crimes in in process of the crime right. happening. I mean, the police are there for a general deterrent and to follow up. Six minutes, right. so you're saying six minutes is a good time, right, Ivan? I, I, I say it's a good time. I think even if they got in there in three minutes, there's no way they could assess who the shooter is without mass casualties. It would have just been even more dangerous. Uh, I, I just want to say that the day after this happened, I saw so many uh, people speculating if I'd been there with my 38 or my, you know, Glock or whatever. And all I can think is, dude, I mean, you don't I'm, know. You unless don't know you were there. You, right, you, unless you, you don't were know there what you would have done. In the heat of the moment, right. All right, thanks, Ivan. Uh, let's get two more calls. 
Paul, uh, we're talking about the six-minute response time, which, man, six minutes. It takes that long to get your order at McDonald's. Uh, it's all perspective, Buzz. Yeah, well, it's which, which side of the bathroom door you're on, but sure. Uh, objectively, what do you think about six minutes, Paul? I think it was it was a great response time. Um, our police officers are awesome, and... Um, I mean, if I was in that situation, what was I going to do? Throw a bag of potato chips at the guy? <laughs> I think uh, one guy Same. said that he tried to throw soda bottles at the guy, just but, trying to do anything. All right, yeah. uh, thanks for the call. Let's do uh, one more, then we got to take a break. Austin, we're talking about six minutes until uh, the police uh, responded to that first 911 call and uh, showed up at the Walmart. Good time, bad time, what? It was an excellent time. Six minutes is... is- short time and uh i don't know if you've seen that walmart that walmart gets packed from you know uh mm-hmm. both entrances so uh i think all those streets around there i mean i'm sure the, you know they had yeah. their sirens going and stuff but those are not those are not freeways those are streets where you've got to make turns two and lanes get, yeah that's it all right okay thanks for the call i don't i don't know where the voting stands now but i, I will admit more people said that six minutes was I, I thought we'd get two ten people saying that uh, six minutes is a really, really good time, so I guess I was wrong about that. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. Uh, we'll talk uh, a little bit more about your movie, okay? Uh, more with Charlie Men and uh, 915 opens tomorrow at Bassett Place and which Cinemark? All of them. All the Cinemark locations. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. We're talking to Charlie Mend, who is the director of 915. That opens tomorrow at Cinemark locations and Bassett Place. And you can go out and see this. And uh, How graphic is the is the video that you use in the film, Charlie? It's, it's graphic. I mean, this is the most real, in-depth, honest, transparent account of what happened. Everything. You'd ask me if I plan to go see it. I I don't just because of you know I don't I don't want to see the graphic video just out of uh, you know respect for the victims I guess is what I'd say. Again, all perspective. What has more impact, Buzz? If I told you, let's say that fifteen people were shot, or if I showed it to you, what has yeah, more impact? Well, yeah, but I don't for I, change. I, it, for it would, change, it would make a difference if I believed. Yeah, I believed that all these people were shot. I I, I don't need to see the the grisly. You know these people who either were dead or possibly dying. I I just I don't know. I don't I don't need to see it. But um, here's one of the uh, witnesses. Who is this lady? We're going to hear from her. So C- tell me about her, Cynthia Loya. She's uh, you know let's let's forget about saying Good Samaritan. How about Great Samaritan? We should say we should rename that term to Great Samaritan. Cynthia Loya, El Pasoan, went to Dovaye High School. She stumbled on the scene. She had 12 years of EMT experience. And she, she stumbled on the scene or she showed up because she'd heard about what no, was she, going she, on? No, she was on her way inside to use the ATM. Oh, okay. And she was on her way to Albuquerque to a concert. And, and all of a sudden, she walked into this thing and she went right to work. Now a, lot, now, a lot of people would run away, depending on who you are. This person stuck around and, and, and did everything possible to save lives. Um, so, you know, I, I feel like sometimes, Charlie, when, when you do these, it, it's set up where, you know, these are the victims, these are the heroes, but you've also got to have people that didn't perform as well. You know, so the story about the bank 
uh, manager and the police not showing up at enough time. It's balance. You got to have a balanced film and get perspectives from everybody. It's important. I mean, every word in this film is accounted for. I can't tell you how many times I reviewed it. Stuff we had to take out, stuff we put in. It, this was a three-hour film before uh, my producer said, you got to cut it down to two. So right now it's at two hours and three minutes. I think that's a good length. But uh, trust me, every word in the film is, is accounted for in this movie. To if, make sure it's accurate, it's responsible, and accountable. If, uh, if we're talking about this event, uh, you know, obviously the person who did it's evil, but if you want to, if you want to lay any blame, I I think you've got to you've got to look at some of the rhetoric that's been going around yeah. about Mexican people, both uh, people illegally in the country, people legally in the country, people who were born here but are Mexican American, and just the rhetoric that has gone on. You know, when you call these people uh, caravans and hordes and animals and use that and criminals and, and rapists cr rapists yeah. when you use those kind of words all of a sudden now you've made this political you know and some people uh want to ignore that but to me it's key a couple things about the killer first of all i don't mention his name in the documentary and you, you know i do that buzz I, I don't mention the killer's name because that creates copycats the killer wants the attention why should i give this criminal this dirtbag what he wants and that's attention. So let's get that out of the way first and, first and foremost. The killer uh, posted a manifesto online roughly 15 minutes before he made his move inside the Walmart. And uh, that was put on 8chan, that website, which has since been taken down. And he talks about the invasion of Hispanics. And he talks about fake news. Now, right, it sounds like who's uh, famous for saying those words? It, it sounds like... The talking points on Hannity or Tucker Carlson or any number of shows on Fox well, News. Well, let's just get to the point. Yeah, let's it's, get to the it's, point. It's, it's, it's the president. Pre right, right. Okay. The, pre the president right. talks about criminals, now, rapists, murderers, and this guy definitely was inspired. He even went out of his way to say, don't put this on President Trump. I think you only say that if you know for a fact that it should be put on President right. Trump. Read, read between the lines. So I, I don't get political in this film. I, I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I'm independent. I judge people as a human being and their behavior and their attitude. When you make an entire group of people a scapegoat and you do it for your own political advantage, don't act innocent when somebody takes your word seriously. You're and talking about Trump. I'm talking about Trump. I'm talking about uh, Hannity. I'm talking about any number of people who have just ramped up this stuff where they dehumanize People who, for the most part, are coming to this country looking for a better way of life and, for the most part, uh, are not those horrible things that they say about them. But, you know, and when this when this guy went in and did his shooting, he didn't ask to see people's green cards. He didn't ask if you were a citizen or not. He was just kind of, he, he didn't even ask for your name. He was just shooting you if you looked Hispanic well, to I, him. To me, he was shooting at just about everything. But I do think he spared kids because, if you notice, not any kids— were murdered except for one. Oh well, give a him a give him a medal then. No, no, I, I'm just I'm just saying that's what I believe happened. Well, there was one guy who said that that he was cornered. This was the guy who was going to get a medal for Trump, and then he got detained by the Secret Service. Do you remember this guy? He was in the hospital. They yeah, he, he he was arrested actually. He was on his he was at the White House. And he was the—is that the one you're talking yeah. about? Yeah, I don't okay. remember and the gentleman's name. He, but was they, he was throwing coke bottles. That's what he said at the, at the killer. The police came out specifically and said that this guy was was lying. Well, Enrique Carillo, who is the PIO, 
uh, reviewed the videotape and said uh, there was nothing that would prove that this individual did that. That he was throwing Coke bottles. And then he did that interview on CNN with Chris Como. Yeah. And uh, according to the PIO, he was lying. All right. Well, did and, you did you see those videos that the PIO was talking no, about? No, no. The un- unfortunately, uh, as much as I respect the El Paso police, Greg Allen, the chief, who's extremely media unfriendly, by the way. That's why there's a lack of transparency on this thing. I mean, he's an excellent police chief. I mean, El Paso police solves 98 percent of the murders in this city. The national average is like 65 percent. So they would not talk in this film for whatever their own reasons are. So my only hope at this point was to interview former El Paso police officers, retired police officers from El Paso, who could add their experience, expertise into this documentary. Well, the, the reason I bring bring up the guy who said he was throwing the, the two-liter bottles of Coca-Cola is he said he felt like the, the shooter signaled him to clear out because he was African-American. And that this guy was targeting Hispanics. And uh, his story is he, he ended up getting shot, like gut shot. Correct. Was because he was trying to throw the bottles to distract But that him. turned out to be erroneous. So if, it, and then he gets arrested at the White House. So this Well, per, I think he got person, arrested for some previous police I, matter. I, I believe it was theft. Don't quote me on that, but he yeah, was. Yeah, but not connected to that no, day at no, Walmart. No, no, no. I mean, it, whatever it was he was arrested for, his mom went in and got the medal for Correct. It. I don't know. Without knowing more, I just felt like that guy kind of got, you know, his reputation smeared, and it had to do with, because he had a previous police record. Right, but, and, and then Enrique Carrillo, the PIO, says he wasn't doing what he was saying he was doing, so he's lost a lot of credibility. So how can anyone believe what he's going to say moving forward? Um, I'll bet you there were things that went on there that weren't... I, I bet not every single thing that happened was captured on camera, would be my guess. Well, I mean, you got the, CCTV. The Walmart has multiple sure, cameras. you do. And not everyone that was shot was Hispanic. I, I, need, I need to make myself clear here. I Most. Mean, he, he, he also... A German oh. citizen was... Uh, he was the first person murdered inside the Walmart, Alexander Hoffman. And what's so tragic about his story was that he loved Mexico. He married a woman from Juarez 40 years ago. So he represented everything that was the opposite okay. of the killer. I, I want to be clear here. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but definitely this guy went in with the intention not to kill white people, but to kill Mexican people. I think he went in there. and If somebody might have tried to get in his way or dissuade him or something, he might have shot them regardless of race. But I think the thing was he targeted a specific ethnicity. Right. And he came to a city where it's 83 percent Hispanic. So there's a great chance that you go anywhere in El Paso and you start firing a weapon you're going to hit a Hispanic. So that's why he came to the border. Well, would you would you agree with that? Is that a safe assumption? I I had heard that this this guy from the Dallas area right. had thought about going to San Antonio, but he had friends in San Antonio and he was worried that they would think ill of him if he went up and shot up San Antonio. That I so, never that I never heard. Yeah, that was one of the reports that came out pretty early on. Well, then why not just do it in Dallas? There's a lot of Hispanics there. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe the guy... I, Why drive 10 hours look, through the night? Now we're talking about the killer, and I don't really want to talk about the and killer. I, and I hardly do in the movie. I mean, you have to, you have to mention some things, like, like he left the night before, the manifesto. I, I imagine probably if he'd never visited El Paso, he had heard, you know, hey, El Paso's all Mexican, like that's something he might have heard, and so he thought, well, this would be a good spot good spot right. to come and carry this out i hear there are a lot of mexican people in el paso and uh, 
I, I don't know. Just the idea, though, of second-guessing what people do when bullets, when hot lead is flying. You know, when you're face-to-face with a guy with a gun, even the guy who, who gave this version of, of what happened and, 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 you know, the police say, well, he lied about it. I, I just think that it's uh, really putting the spotlight on on somebody that's under the kind of duress that, that most of us will never know anything Well, about. unfortunately, there's been the aftermath has, has not been good with this thing in terms of so-called heroes. We had one guy from Fort Bliss um, who talked about grabbing kids at the mall. The shots were 600 feet away at the Walmart. They never happened at the mall. And then they found him dead at Fort Bliss. At Fort Bliss. Are, are you making a specific... Glendon uh, Oakley. Look it up. Yeah, but are you making a specific accusation well, here? Well, a lot or? of people thought he was not a hero because there were no shots at the mall. So he's talking about grabbing kids at the mall that's 600 feet away. All right. Well, I know it was a confusing day. Uh, I know there were reports that there were shots at the mall. There were reports that there were shots in other places. So uh, there was a lot of mass confusion going on. And we talk about that in the documentary. All that confusion, the multiple shooters, the multiple locations. We talk about all that. Everything's covered and addressed. Uh, I'm confident um, here we are 24 hours away from the film opening. And I really hope everyone will consider watching this because they will walk out a lot more informed. All right, it's uh, 915, uh, about the August 3rd uh, shooting at Walmart. And that opens, as you mentioned, tomorrow. Bassett Place and Cinemark uh, locations are where you can see that. All right, thanks, Charlie.